Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the JazzNet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast that is made by fans for fans where the content is free. of the Jersnet podcast and we would encourage you to listen, to subscribe, put the word out there in social media, let everyone know that we're here and what we're doing uh, and, and get more people listening. The podcast is live tonight, we're live on YouTube, you can join in via the comment section, I will try and have a look at some of the comments that are coming in if you're listening live uh, and give you a wee shout out. But the, the pod is also available to download and stream tomorrow from a variety of platforms including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher and Spotify. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Uh, 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 sort of 90 minutes of your life that you'll not get back today at uh, Hamilton. A, a really, really poor performance, particularly in the second half. We'll cover that game. We'll have a wee look at the, the one at Hamilton today. Big night on Thursday night against Feyenoord over in Rotterdam. We'll have a wee preview of that. And we'll have a wee discussion about uh, the AGM on Tuesday and also a quick preview of the Hearts game. So we'll get right in about it. Uh, so I'll introduce the guests for this week. First up is Stephen Weir. How are you, Stephen? Or even Stuart Weir. Stuart Weir, sorry. <laughs> I've, I've put your name down wrong in the agenda, that's what it is. It's a great right. start to the show, that, isn't it? Both, both, both myself and Stephen are doing extremely well, thanks for you asking. Know, no bother, Stephen. Sorry, Stuart. I mean, Bob, Fred, whatever your name is. <laughs> uh, and, and, and speaking of Bobs, we've got Bob McCallum. How are you, Bob? <laughs> I'm not bad. <laughs> well, I've got one guest name wrong. I've got to get yours wrong as well. I'm all about equal opportunities. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got to, got to spread the wealth on that front. So it's John McCallum. How are you, John? I'm good, mate. I'm good yourself. Not bad. It's been a while. Not spoke to you in a while. Yeah, yeah. No, you've been successfully avoiding me. Not at all. Not at all. That's that's a that's a unfounded and scurrilous rumor. That that's, that's was, a shocking thing to say. How was my your game yesterday? Uh, the Camelon game? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was okay. Aye. To be honest with you, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do watch the game, but I, I, I tend to just go for the £4 pine pint at half-time. You know what I mean? It's, 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 <laughs> I'm like a dog with two dicks, as they say, at half-time, you know what I mean? Because you get, you get a pint and a pie for £4. I mean, I'm shouting at the referee 40 minutes into the first half, come on you, this game wrapped up so I can get in for my pie and my pint. But no, it's always a good laugh doing it, doing it Camelon. Uh, and I would, encourage anyone who lives near a sort of you know junior or Easter Scotland side if you've got nothing to do on a Saturday go down and, and give your local team a wee shout because it is a good day and there is a good social aspect about it as well yeah, so yeah I would encourage it it was good and then my, my boy had a game yesterday as well so I was I was up at the back of six to get him through to kill Scythe yesterday morning so aye fun and games but all good all good anyway right let's get into it guys uh have a wee look at the Hamilton game. I don't know how you felt yourself. I mean, the second half especially was, uh, it was 45 minutes of your life. You'd never get back. Stuart, the the, the starting 11, I, I think the main one today was, was no Morelos. You know, he, he dropped out the side uh, in place of the, the four. There was, it, apparently Morelos never got into the country quite late last night, coming back from international duty. In terms of the whole starting 11, though, the, how did you feel about that? I think it was the right the right side that he picked. Well, I think when you're 
managing your squad, um, especially when you've got a two-week international window and you've got guys that are playing in big matches and some that are travelling, you know, huge distances, I think you have to err on the side of caution. So, to be honest, I, I wasn't sort of waiting to see Morelos in the starting 11. And, and neither did I expect to see um, Stephen Davis in the starting 11 either. Um, I think he came on at the at the end to try and give Rangers a bit of control uh, of which they had absolutely none for a long period of the second half. Um, on this occasion, it wasn't too costly, um, mostly thanks to uh, a bit of luck and some um, poor play or opportunity taking from, from Aki's. But no, I, th- I think this is a a time of year where you're not going to rush somebody back, especially if they had a couple of hard games uh, in the space of, you know, a couple of, a couple of weeks international football, uh, because you, the last thing, and especially on that pitch as well. So if, if you take, you know, on the whole, what Steven Gerrard has to consider, there was a lot for him to consider. And the fact that it's the two guys that are, you know, heavily involved in international stuff with Davis and Morelos. I know you could say the same with, with, with Jack, but the fact of the matter is I think these two guys are, are, are going to be key to anything that Rangers do in the in the winter period. So I wasn't surprised about starting 11 at all. And, and Tim, focusing on uh, the phone, I know, I know he's, he's done really, really well this season. I thought he struggled today. I thought Rangers struggled. I thought there was a, an obvious improvement, even just in the last 10 minutes when, when Morelos came on. I, I, is that an area? I mean, I know he scored a lot of goals so far, but I do worry that if something happened to Morelos, that the four wouldn't be enough. Would, would you agree with that? Stuart? Do you think I, I they maybe think, need more cover? Well, well, well perhaps. I, I didn't think the four had a particularly good game, and you could say that through the team. I think there were a couple of guys, you know, Aribo, I, I, I didn't think was particularly prominent. I didn't think Arfield was particularly prominent either. But then again, it may have been that they were leaving the the onus or leaving the workload to a couple of key players, namely Jack and and Kent. Um, the four, it didn't look sharp. It, it, it didn't seem to be... Um, on the in the kind of balls of his feet, ready to go forward, he, he, he seemed to be kind of sluggish and and slow off the mark, and I, and I think he actually gave the Aki's defenders an easier time of it than maybe they were expecting. I think if you're uh, a Hamilton defender, you expect Defoe to be in the team and a bit of a buzz bomb. He's a different kind of player to to Morelos. He'll, he'll be under your feet. He'll be dragging you from side to side. He might be less confrontational, but you know through his experience that he's a kind of guy that will get into positions that, that you don't want to really be into as a defender. But I didn't really see any of that today. And I think that's maybe why, if you look at Rangers from 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 front to back as opposed to back to front, I think that the, the problems, some of the problems that Rangers had as a team came from the, the more forward positions rather than defensively. I think the onus came on the defence because if the guys further forward, um, some of them just weren't doing their job. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think we're going we're gonna to come on to discuss our field later on. I, I agree with you, and some, some of the players today didn't, didn't really uh, stand up. But one of those who did stand up, John, was, was Ryan Jack. Now, before the game, 
I, I was I was watching Alan McCoy sort of say that he feels that Ryan Jack should be scoring more goals. And obviously got the two up at Dingwall. It seems to be a part of his game that he's improving on. You know, that the goals are certainly coming now. And he's done it again today. You know, a, a, a sort of tidy wee finish, left foot, bottom corner. And it gives us the early goal. And you think we can go on and, and, and build on that. But, I mean, again, Ryan Jack, I know we've kind of emphasised it a lot in the pod recently, but he's just becoming such a, a vital player for Rangers. He's having a great season, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think the accusation about goals is probably a fair one up until fairly recently. But uh, he now looks like he's carrying a goal threat. I thought he finished that goal lovely today. I thought that was a really nice finish. Uh, it was a nice move, actually. I mean, I know we got the break of the ball, but uh, it was kind of nice giving goal with him um, and Tav. Uh, and I thought he stuck it away well. He had a couple of shots. There was a wee period towards the end of the first half, I think. Well, it, was, where, it was Ryan Jack shooting in at one stage, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. right. No, I was going to say, it was a wee period towards the end of the first half where he just seemed to be striding. It was like he was like a... This will, this will show my age. It was like a... Uh, it might have been the Dutch team during the 78 World Cup. This guy striding across the halfway line and having a dig. Um, he, he seemed to be getting the, the kind of freedom there. I, I mean, Jack's having a great season. Uh, every game you see now, he looks better and better. He looks more and more important to us, which is fantastic. Um, suggests that the, the, the coaching he's getting is working. Suggests his fitness is getting better. Um, the team plays better than he plays. We've seen that this season when he's been out. Um He's a very, very important player to us now, uh, and he was one of the one of the few players today that you could say had a good game. Uh, you know, I think there was a few guys looking a bit sluggish today, as you've already said. Uh, Jack wasn't one of them. Jack had a great game. Do you think that some of it's down to Gerard, John? You know, in terms of encouraging him, because it seems to me you can always improve your game, but I, I think when you improve in your game, my theory is you're just discovering stuff that was always there but you didn't know was there and you didn't have the confidence to, to try these things. And I think Jack's sort of earlier image was someone who would sort of sit in front of the back four. Uh, you think Gerard's had an impact and say to him, oh, you know what, get yourself forward? I mean, if, if you're a central midfielder and you're being coached by Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister, I can't see how you can fail not to learn from them. I mean, those two guys played at, at, at the highest level uh, they achieved an awful lot. Um, so you would have to say, if any position in the team is going to improve to listen to those two guys, it's surely central midfielders. Um, I've spoken to a couple of Aberdeen fans who say that you know when Jack was there, um, he was you know he was equally as good. He was just overlooked because he was in an Aberdeen team. Um, I, I don't buy that. I, you know when Jack joined us, um, he looked okay, but he looked a squad player to me. Um, he's now a first-choice player. I, I think he has improved enormously in the last 12 months. Uh, I think he was unlucky when he joined us. I think he got injuries, he got suspensions, didn't seem to get a, a good run. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think you have to give some credit to the management team, um, whether it's it's through coaching, whether it's confidence. They've given him something, uh, and he, he's definitely growing with it. Jared uh, had spoken about the first training session he took at Rangers. He saw Jack play. He'd never seen Jack play before. And he saw Jack training and, and, and uh, he said right away, he said, no, he's the guy I want in my team. Now, I don't know what it was he saw, but he saw something that he liked. Um, and uh, he, he definitely improved. So let's give the, I think you've got to give the, 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 the backroom credit for that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, I, I recall reading that for Jared. I think he said, you know, he's he's hungry, he's got desire, he's got everything that, uh, that I want in a player. So, yeah, he's definitely improved. 
I don't think you should underestimate the input that Gary McAllister will be having as well. Um, I think, you know, people seem to forget that Gary McAllister was would have been, you know, a, a Liverpool coach had Brendan Rodgers managed to, to last there a bit longer. And, you know, when, when Gerard was appointed Rangers manager and the first thing he did was go and get Gary McAllister, you know, I, I thought at the time that was a, a pretty astute bit of business and a, and, a, and a great bit of judgment from Stephen Gerrard. And, and if you are dealing with these guys, you know, either as individuals or collectively, and you're a player under them, if if you don't learn, and I, and I, and I agree with you, Colin, about the learning process, it's actually how to untap the talents that you've actually got and, and learn how to be maybe more economical and how you run around or, 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 or better in terms of the, the passes. You know, one of the passes he made today to Tavernier coming in, cutting in from the, the, the right wing, if it hadn't been for such a, a bad touch that Tavernier took um, uh, initially, that, that could have been a goal. I think they've actually opened up his mind to make him think he, you, you can actually play this game. So go and express yourself. Go and show people what you can do. And again, what John's saying there about the fact that it was he was running, he was driving on passes and onto balls around the fringes, the edge of the box, and was taking great delight in actually trying to have a shot. I mean, there was one that I thought was destined for the top corner, and you know, again, that can only be good for Rangers because it takes some of the pressure off the guys again further forward. You're not relying entirely on the likes of Morelos or Defoe or whoever else it might be in the forward positions to score your goals. So, you know, again, if he can contribute some goals, that can only be good for Rangers. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, these two goals up at Dingwall were, were quality, you know, the way he passed them in. And I, I, I think the, the, the impact you're talking about with Gary McAllister there, yeah. Steven Gerrard was was sort of made a better player through Gary McAllister when McAllister was still a player. You know, I, I think Gerard Tooley had the had the thought that Gerard was a, a hundred miles an hour type player. And he brought in McAllister to sort of, you know, just slow his game down a bit. You yeah. know, just you know, he's got that sort of mentality, you've 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 got more time than you think, you know, just slow it down a wee bit and and, and I think Gary McAllister helped mature Gerard as a player. And I think that's why when Gerard got the Rangers job, the first person he thought of was Gary McAllister. And I was I was I was actually on uh, I was on a Liverpool podcast through the week. They were asking me about how Rangers are doing and all the rest of it because of Steven Gerrard. And I'm and I, I I mentioned the effect that Gary McAllister was having. I says I think he's just sitting in the background, but he's obviously doing something very, very well because uh, you know, people like Ryan Jack, you can see the improvement in them. You know, it's 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 night and day. Uh, but moving from sort of Ryan Jack in the middle of the park to the to, to, to the back four, uh, sure the, the 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 Keystone Cop defending today at, at Hamilton's equaliser, and and overall today I thought the defence looked uh, pretty shambolic at times. I thought Goldson in particular seemed to be out of position quite a lot, and that left Tav and a, a, a bit of a, a sort of a problem at times. You know he didn't know whether to come or go. You know go. He would maybe have to go one in, and that would leave space out wide. Because there was a lot of times they were coming down Tav's. There's Tav. He's not there, but he's had to move in one to cover for Goldson, who's yeah. who's, who's tried to create something. But that goal, I mean, the the, the Hamilton equaliser was a was a shocker, really defensively. It was a, a catalogue of errors, 
Um, I think I think if 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 you are playing um, and you've got two fullbacks that are attacking and been and have been told and instructed to attack, and this goes back to well, I think maybe Walter Smith got around this in some ways by you know adopting three central defenders um, and, and allowing the, the two fullbacks that he utilised to actually go forward. But I think if you if you've got two central defenders. They have to be so diligent and and so disciplined to do their job and and not get dragged forward. I mean, the one with Goldson today when he when he decided he was just going to charge up the pitch, I mean that was just utter nonsense. Um, but going back to the goal, I mean Barisic, I, you you would you would be unhappy if you were coaching an under 11s team and somebody did that in the penalty box when they were supposed to be defending. It, it, it's you know it's one of the, the basic fundamentals of football, basic rules. If you're a defender or any kind of player, actually in your own box, you gravitate towards the middle of the goal or the the, the center of the box because that's where the danger's coming from. You know, leave leave the balls that are bouncing around and disappearing out to the flanks to somebody else. You get back in the middle and actually defend it. And the fact that he was he was a spectator when uh, Lewis Smith equalised, he just stood he stood and watched it and you could actually see uh, Goldson remonstrating with him almost immediately after the goal was was conceded that he should have been doing more and, and it was uh, for the life of me, it's it's not just him, I mean there are umpteen fullbacks currently in football who primarily are are wingers and do not know how to defend and and that can prove costly for me if you're a fullback and you're an attacking fullback great but your first job is to stop the opposition um getting getting forward and if you look at you know if, if you look I'll go to the, the Tottenham game yesterday and if you look at the changes that um, Josie Mourinho made to that team basically you had four players that were attacking players and everybody else was a defender and that might be the most basic of of you know football theories, but for me, it, it's one that stops you, you know, conceding goals. Go back to go back to Graham Souness. He knew that if he had Ali McCoyst up front or a striker up front, who could get a goal. If the rest of the team was solid and you defended well, you had won the game. And I think sometimes it might be it might be dull, but the fact of the matter is, if if you keep that in the back of your mind at all times that if you get a goal ahead and then can defend you've won the game that's the simplest form of football that you'll get and I, and I think sometimes it Rangers just switch off Yeah I mean I, I think I mean obviously there's been a lot of spotlight in Tav this season and again don't get me wrong I don't think he was helped out by, by Golson and a couple of others on, on, on one or more occasions but it was another sort of mediocre performance I, I, you get a lot from Tav going forward, but at the moment we're not getting that. And if you're not getting the stuff going forward, and he's not defending, I don't think he's. I've, I've always sort of questioned his, his defensive attributes. So if you're not getting a top quality defender, and he's not giving you the the stuff up top, you, you start to question him. And he, and as he's having a poor season, I, mean, I don't want to get into the the sort of kicking players and all the rest. It players are human beings. You know, they, they, they can go up and down in terms of their, their, their form, but I don't think fans should shy away from talking about that. It's when you start abusing them, you know, in social media and stuff like that, I think that's when it gets gets out of hand. But 
I, I, he just he's I just think he struggled all season and uh, today was another example of that. John, coming back to you, uh, the, obviously through the through the summer there, where there was to and fro in between ourselves and Liverpool for Ryan Kent. We brought him in for seven million. <laughs> His first game, he went off with a sort of severed hamstring. He's sort of been coming back here and there. The the second goal today, an absolute beauty. And there was times today, I, I don't know how you felt, but it, it felt to me like he's starting to to push on. And we're starting to see the sort of Ryan Kent that we saw, certainly in the second half of last season. We haven't seen that Ryan Kent at all take this season yet, have we? Um, you know, he's he came to us late. Uh, like you say, he picked up an injury uh, and it's really only the last few games. In fact, he's probably one of the few players that will have benefited from the, the international break. Uh, probably allowed him to get a bit of training in and, and, and just kind of find his feet again. Oddly enough, I actually didn't think he was playing all that well up until he scored. Um, I thought he was he was having one of these games where it just wasn't coming off for him. Um, you know, he was he was he was getting in, getting the space for the cross. The cross wasn't happening. He was getting the shot off. It wasn't on target. It just it just wasn't quite happening for him until he scored. And then what a goal! Um, you know, a goal a goal worthy the great any football match. It was an absolute cracker. Um, I loved the way he he, he kind of shimmied to get great space. And he just had one thought in his mind. And I actually thought that the Hamilton keeper looked pretty good today. I don't know who the Hamilton keeper was. They were saying on the TV he was on loan from, from England. I, I was unfamiliar with the guy before today. I thought he had a pretty good game. And, and he didn't have an earthly for that goal. Uh, an absolute cracker. So I hope we are starting to see Kent. Because I'm very conscious that this, this period last year, Rangers stumbled. We came out of the international, the, the kind of last international break of uh, of, of 2018 um, into December, uh, late November, into December. We stumbled. We started dropping points. Um, we, we we drew games we should have won. We lost games that we shouldn't have lost. Um, and yeah, but we also had a similar December last season to this season, didn't we? You know, there was like. You know, Aberdeen, Hearts, yep. Hibs, European Celtic, game. you know. I, I mean, it's almost enough to make you suspicious of the whole uh, fixture list. But, you know, it, and I know you've seen December was a vital month for us last season and we, we yep. sort of stuck up. Yeah. Well, the point I was going to make was uh, Ryan Kent looks like he's coming on to a game at just the right time. Uh, see, this time last year, I think we'd have drawn that game today. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we'd have won that game. I would agree with you, John. Yeah. I, I think we were, you know, I think today for, you know, we didn't play well, but we won the game. And we won the game because we had a guy in the park who is capable of, of scoring a goal at that from absolutely nothing. Um, and and the, the, the form that Jack, uh, sorry, Jack, the, the form that, that Kent showed the second half of last season, uh, I am I'm very hopeful that that's what's coming in just now. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's the, uh, that's the form that he's coming into just now. And if he is, that will be vital to us in, in the next three, four weeks. It's I maybe just made a point here that, that, that I mean, just um on, on what you're touching upon there. I think it's I think it's really difficult to come back after an international break. I I, I mean I honestly do. It's two weeks where you you don't have the players to work with and all of a sudden you're coming back and you must hit the ground running again. And and that is 
it's it, it sounds easy and it say, well, other teams do it and all the rest of it. Other teams don't do it. Trust me, other teams can struggle and other teams can toil as well. So the, the point that you made there, John, is absolutely spot on. That would have been a game today under a, a year ago or under different coaches that Rangers would have either drawn or might even have actually lost. So I, disjointed as it might have been, I think it was actually an okay day in terms of the result being more important than the performance. I would take that one step further. I think under Gerard last season, we could have dropped points at that game today. You know, it, it's the, the improvement this season is is marked, in my opinion. You know, at this point last season, I wouldn't say we were already out it, but, you know, that game against Celtic on the 29th of December was already looking to be fairly vital, you know, in terms of just keeping us in it. And but this season... Psychologically, totally totally correct. Psychologically, Rangers are still at, at the same pace as Celtic. Forget goal difference. You know, I, I, nobody says, "Well, you got a five-five draw, so therefore, you know, your goal difference hasn't, you know, improved, or your your goal difference is, is better." Nobody says these things. What you look for is three points, and the difference between this year and last year. I think you're right. I think that would have been a couple of points, or maybe all three points dropped by Rangers. I think the psychology within the Rangers team is far better than it was um, a year ago. John, I mean, sticking with Kent at the moment, he was involved in another incident. He uh, sent a cross into the box and it looked to me like the Hamilton player sort of went into the ball with his arm. But uh, according to Stephen Cragen, that was a natural silhouette. There was no biomechanics involved this week. It was a natural silhouette. Uh, what did you make of that? Did you think it was a penalty? <laughs> To be honest, I didn't. I, I thought I thought the guy. I, I, it's one of these ones you watch it four, five, six times different ways. My feeling at the time was it wasn't, but I saw it first. I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought the guy had his arm at his side. Um, like you say, it, it does look when you see it again. It does look like he's lent a little bit. I didn't feel he lent his arm to it. I, I just thought it's one of these things. Um, I'd, I'd be disappointed if it was given against me. I certainly wasn't howling for it at the time. Um, I laughed at Stephen Craig's description of a natural silhouette. I'm not sure what an unnatural silhouette is. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm fairly I'm... sure he's got one. But, uh, 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 I, I don't know. But no, I didn't think it was a penalty, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, 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 was, I was okay with it. I didn't think it was a penalty at the time. Uh, that, that was like you, I wasn't sort of screaming for it. It was the, it was the footage from behind the goal. When he, I mean, I, I know he's, he's, his arms by his side, but to me, if you're leaning into the ball, you're on that risk. I, I, I think it could have been given, and I'm fairly confident if it was if it was us, it would have been given. But that's just me. I'm just being paranoid. Uh, <laughs> I think I think when it comes to whether it's natural or unnatural, every time I hear someone saying that silhouette or you know their body position, I keep thinking back to old episodes of Kojak or Quincy when when <laughs> when you remember they used to put the tape round the tape round the body on the floor and used to say, "How the hell could you land in that position?" Like, I, you know, I, that that's on that's that for me is unnatural personally I, I i i didn't think it was a penalty at the time i, I think it, it struck his arm but i i i've got a, a quite a, a simple kind of rationale or, or theory about these things it's like if, if it happened to you would you be upset 
and in my, to my opinion, if that was given against any team that I was playing for or following and that happened, I'd been upset. So I, I didn't think it was a penalty at the time. And I still don't really think it's it's much of a shout just now. Uh, uh, on another issue, you know, mentioning Kojak and Quincy. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're mentioning things that a lot of our listeners will not, <laughs> not have a clue what you're talking well, about. Well, actually, can I tell you, just just, just, just turn on ITV4 before the Sweeney any given day. <laughs> don't know what the Sweeney is either. <laughs> I mean, and if Love Island doesn't on ITV4, they'll not be watching that. So. Every, every, day's a, every day's a school day. It's an education <laughs> for you. Well, I'd, I'd, I had a similar incident in, in, in work a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had the opportunity to mention Ted Rogers and Dusty Van. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody said three, two, one. I went, oh, Ted Rogers, Dusty Van. And the whole room just stared at me. <laughs> a glacier look in their faces as if, who's Ted Rogers and what the hell is Dusty Van? You know, because I think they were all under 35. So, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to notice that you can mention some things now and people don't know what you're talking about. And I think there'll be a few there going, Kojak? Who the hell's Kojak? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, on to the second half, guys. Stuart, I'll come back to you. Fairly uninspiring stuff for the Rangers. You know, when you consider you know, Celtic had got the result yesterday, they've kind of struggled against Livingston, but I think it was fairly fairly simple for them yesterday. Quite yeah. emphatic victory. You've kind of, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, the minute we got two on up, you're thinking, right, we need to push on now. Just didn't happen. And there was that, that wee threat of, you know, Hamilton were getting the odd breakaway. And that, from about 65, 70 minutes on, I was like that. Ah, we're going to we're going to make an arse of this. We're going to drop points here. They did have a a, a really good chance uh, from the the, the the incident we're talking about earlier on with Goldson when they decided to charge up the park. You know they nearly scored at that. I mean a really insipid second half performance. Uh, sure, but what would you put that down to? Do you, um, you you think it would come back to the international stuff, the international break? No, like you're saying? I, no, I think I think I think it's um, I think it's your mindset. I think. The 2-1, and when Rangers are not performing particularly well, it is very, very difficult to stay on the front foot. So therefore, a team naturally goes defensive, even even though they, you know, they'll be trying desperately not to go defensive. They take a step back. They don't push up as much. They 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 take a step back or, or give a couple of yards to the opposition. And when that happened, and they were playing a bit deeper. Aki started to press, and, and when Aki started to press, it just put more pressure on Rangers. I think, to be honest, I think the game would have been entirely different if the shot that Kent had had that hit the post in the first half had actually gone in. I don't think so much of the conversation that we've had tonight would have been happening if Rangers had got that second goal. So the second half, I thought that Rangers actually brought it on themselves just because they, they gave... Uh, Aki's a, a, a toehold in the in the or a foothold in the game just because it was in terms of the territory and that made it difficult for Rangers. I thought then when they brought Morelos on, they brought Davis on, they pushed up that wee bit more. I thought that Morelos pushing up instant you know impact um, you know I booked almost immediately. But but I have to say for a guy who is so desperate to score goals, the way he teed. Kent up for the third goal was, you know, was a a, a, a fantastic pass, a well judged pass, and for me it showed that Morelos is actually more of a team player than some people have given him credit for. Because I bet a year ago 
he would have tried to change foot and have a crack at goal himself rather than rain the ball inside and becoming a provider rather than just a scorer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I, I thought Morelos made an, an, an instant impact. I thought Rangers almost straight away looked at looked at, looked a different proposition. John, coming back to yourself, the, the booking with Morelos now, Stuart referenced it there, you know, he came on, a wee bit of smash in the middle of the park. I, I didn't think there was much in it at all. I, and I was a wee bit surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because it seems to me if, if Morelos farts on the park, you know what I mean? He's, he's getting a yellow card for it. Uh, but, I mean, there was an incident in the first half. There was a wee sort of coming together with uh, one of the Hamilton players and he, he sort of threw his arms in, in, in the face of one of the Rangers players. I can't remember who it was. And I thought there would have been a booking coming at that. You know, I wasn't looking for a sending off. I thought he's going to get booked. You know, if you raise your hands, the, the very least you're getting is booked. And he just got a talking to. And then Morelos comes on, and I didn't think there was anything in that at all with Morelos. And the ref, it was like he couldn't go his his his, his car out quick enough. It's this whole, I mean, Morelos he's, he's improved undoubtedly this season in in, in terms of his. Uh, you know, his discipline and all that, but is that another sign that they're still, referees are still sort of refereeing him to a different standard? I think he flicked his leg out. He didn't catch the guy, but I thought he flicked his leg out at him. Um, so... Well, if you're saying that's a booking, should the one in the first half of the Hamilton boy also? Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is, I think, I think what he did meant the referee, gave the referee a decision to make. Now, he didn't catch him, so you know there wasn't. It wasn't like there was a guy riding around in the ground, as you sometimes get when when one else was was uh, any ball on the pass when maybe the, uh, the opposition player made a meal of it. That didn't happen. So I personally thought the referee could just have waved it on, um, but he did flick his leg out, which was a stupid thing to do, um, because then he, he does put himself in a position where you know the referee has that chance. Is the referee inconsistent? Aye, they're all inconsistent. You know, I think Morelos has always been judged to a different standard, and, and not just on the park. Uh, he's, uh, I mean, this season everybody has been impressed this season with his um, his conduct, his ability to avoid trouble, um, to keep his head down, to not get goaded as he clearly was last season. Um, and that's probably the first time this season. I'm trying to think. I don't remember this season seeing him react like that. Um, and I'm not really sure why he did react. I mean, the guy had his arm round him, he was kind of slowing him down. Uh, but, you know, it was it was in our interest that time got wasted. It was in our interest that the game got slowed down. So I, I thought it was a strange thing to do, slightly petulant. Um, I'm not overly concerned that the old Morales is back. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think it was just one of these things. And he got the booking, and I think it was, it was a soft booking. But he shouldn't have done it. Um, but yeah, he still, you know, if, if he steps out of line, he'll get booked for stuff that other players don't get booked for. And I don't want to sound like some mad, paranoid guy, but I do think that. I think Morelos is, is definitely the type of player who will get booked. And there's other players in the league who could do the same thing who won't get booked. Um, and I think that's a reputation thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, 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 I don't think he needed to be booked today. I've got to be honest. And I think the ref set a precedent with the one in the first half, you know, and that's that's what made me sort of question it. Uh, I do. I still think he's getting refereed to a different standard. Obviously, he's improved his discipline, as I was saying earlier on. You know, he's not getting involved in many things, but I still think the minute he is involved, referees are just going straight to him thinking, 
he's the problem. Sure, that you mentioned earlier on Morelos's involvement in the second goal, a really tidy finish by Ryan Kent, game done and dusted. Uh, I want to want to sort of finish up the the Hamilton game today. A wee discussion on Scott Arfield. Now, having a wee look through social media today, seeing a lot of comments about you know fans just questioning him in terms of his his involvement and his contribution. I've noticed that Jordan Campbell's put something up tonight on the Athletic, sort of saying that. I've not read it yet, but going by the headline and the sort of first sort of paragraph or so, it seemed to be suggesting that Rangers don't know what to do with Scott Arfield. You know, they've got enough players in the middle of the park that he's not needed there. And it seemed to work initially when he was sort of pushed further forward, but it, it just seems to be falling out of games now. You know, he's not got the pace to, 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 to operate down the wings. Uh, with the phone in there today, it just wasn't working. He wasn't linking up with him at all. And there was times you forgot he was on the park, I think. You know, you, you genuinely thought, every now and again when he touched the ball, I was like, Christ, I forgot he was playing. What's your thoughts on Arfield? Is it true, it's sort of, is Jordan right in his assumption that, you know, they, they just don't know where to put him at the moment? I, I, I think, actually, Scott Arfield has possibly been a victim of, if you like, his own success can he, since he arrived at Ibrox because he has been able to adapt um, and adopted a number of roles, a number of positions. And it's very difficult for somebody, you know, the, the, the reason that players are, are signed and sold for huge sums, um, you know, as attacking midfield players is because they they can go box to box or they can set up chances or take chances or whatever it is. And for him to go and try and fulfil that role this late in his career is it's it's not that easy. So he had a he had a go at it. He's played different positions. He started today. Again, Rangers have to put somebody there because obviously Stephen Gerrard had made his mind up that he wasn't going to start with Stephen Davis. So you need somebody in there. Now, again, as far as I'm concerned, he might not be an out-and-out starter these days, but he is somebody who I still think has got a, a role to play, simply because if he's on the bench, he can play a number of different positions in terms of central midfield. He's never going to attack you out wide or, or down the flanks, but it's it's at times you're going to either have to stiffen your central uh, midfield or make changes to central midfield. And for me, I don't see Arfield entirely slipping out the picture um, just yet. I think he's a he's a, he's a good player. Um, he's an honest player as well. And I think that he will have as much to give to Rangers over the winter and you know into the spring as any other player in that squad just now. John, what about yourself? What's your thoughts on Arfield at the moment? Because, I mean, I think behind... Uh, Tav, I think he's the one that fans are really starting to question at the moment. Yeah, he's he's not had a good season. Um, I don't think I don't think he started the season well, and I, I think I think we spoke about this as well uh, at the start of the season. He didn't get much of a break. He was involved with Canada over the summer uh, in international football, uh, and I don't think he got as much of a break as he needed because we were obviously back training and playing qualifying games so early. Uh, and I don't think he got the break he needed. And I think that's showing just now. Um, interestingly, when when yourself, Stuart, were talking at the start of the, of the, the pod about Defoe, I actually thought, 
I actually didn't think Defoe had that bad a game today. I thought he was just isolated. And and I think partly that was because of Arfield. I don't think Arfield was getting close enough to him. I don't think Arfield was making the runs that he was making uh, last season. Uh, last season, Arfield was dragging players wide. Uh, last season, Arfield was, was anticipating what Defoe would do next. Um, and But prior to that, what, what Morelos would do next. Um, and I don't think he's doing that just now. Uh, he was away. He was away with Canada over the national break as well, I believe. So I suppose there's a fair bit of travelling there. So you know, he may he may have been a bit like um, Morelos. He may just have been a bit a bit tired after the travelling. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but uh, he's off the pace just now. I think he gets a game, and I could be dead wrong in this, but I think he gets a game because we are a team that like height. You know, we get two two centre halves, but other than that. Very tall players in our team, and I think we need more, uh, our field strength in the air at set pieces, and, and I mean defending set pieces as opposed to attacking them. Um, and I think he's seen as being quite important to the team because of that. And I think that's why he's currently being favoured over guys like Stewart, who would be a kind of obvious replacement for him, a, 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 an, an attacking player, but not an out and out forward. Um, I think. That's why he's been he's been favoured ahead of guys like that just now because I think he is seen as as contributing more all round than a guy like Stewart is who's who's an out and out you know who's I've just said he's not an out and out forward but but he's a, he's an attacking player Stewart um, he's not a guy you would look to be you know picking up um, somebody at a set piece um, whereas Arfield actually does that for us and I think that is a fairly important role just now because. Um, you know, as you touched upon earlier, Barisic has got many strengths. Defending not one of them, um, unfortunately. And, and Tav as well can be caught out. And Tav's not the tallest. Um, and I think that our field strength in the air is, is something that we, that the, that the, the team management value. Uh, and I think his international commitments are catching up with him. Um, and I think we are paying the price for that. And I'm hoping that he can get through the next few weeks, get a break over uh, January and come back and give us the, the second half to the season that he gave us last season because he, he's he's not delivering just now. He's, he's not doing it. He, play, he played his last game against Haiti for Canada in on June the 29th and he was back in the Rangers team that played St. Joseph's. He came off the bench on the 18th of July. So he had he'd, he'd literally two weeks off to go away and, and tan himself or do whatever he was going to do to get himself back playing for Rangers. So you're, you're right, John, in what you're saying. He did not have uh, an overly long break this summer. And whether whether it was just last season catching up with him and he, he hasn't been able to get that out of his legs, I'm not sure. But, you know, I take on board the point you made about, about Defoe. Again, I, I think you might be right there in, in, in hindsight, looking at it in, in terms of the guys that were making the, the, the forward run. And I still think I still think even for all the signings that Rangers have made and all the different signings and permutations that they have in the midfield, I, I, and, I, and I don't know if this is a, a role that Ryan Kent will eventually adopt, but an actual attacking, central attacking midfield player that can join in with the striker and actually link with the striker is something that would greatly benefit Rangers just now. I think we saw some of that today with Kent, but again, he cannot play two positions. He can't be playing that position and then being asked to play out wide as well. It's interesting that you said there, John, that, you know, he's in the team. I I mean, I think he's in the team because he's... 
I mean, sometimes I think players get a game because they give more than the actual what they give on the pitch, you know, their presence, what they're saying in the dressing room, you know, how they're conducting themselves on the park in terms of how they're talking to their teammates and leading them on. You know, sometimes we, we, we're maybe not involved in that because we're sitting watching it and we're just thinking, well, he's not doing very much. But actually, I always remember Graham Sooner saying that about Ray Wilkins. You know, he was getting more in the dressing room than he was on the park, you know, because he was, he was getting on a wee bit at the time, Wilkins. Yeah, so I find that quite interesting. The, the the thing that you said there about his height, well, it's funny you say that because my, my mate was was uh, I think it was Edinburgh Airport through the week, uh, and he walked he walked past Scott Arfield and he texted me straight away saying I've just walked past Scott Arfield uh, in the airport, and he's taller than you'd think. And I'd always thought Arfield was quite small, but he's he's obviously not, you know. Uh, and that's maybe something as you say he's offering that Greg Stewart isn't, you know, you can. He's just so adaptable and, and so versatile that he, he is paying the price for it a wee bit, you know, because he's getting paid, in, sorry, getting played in so many different positions where maybe not seeing the best of them now. But I know, I know Ross isn't his biggest fan, so if Ross is listening, he'll be he'll be he'll be loving the Scott Arfield chat. Uh, right, guys, I think I think we've, we've, we've sort of covered the Hamilton game there, so move on to the the big game on Thursday night against Firenord and Rotterdam. I, I mean, I think I've said this a few times already this season in the pod that loving being in the, the European arena again, loving these big nights uh, Ibrox and, and on the continent and stuff like that and uh, I mean it's set up perfectly for Rangers on Thursday night you know if they, they get the three points or through they've got two games left to get three points in any of those two games and they're home and hosed uh, so a really really big big night Stuart what's, what's your thoughts I mean I mean, Rangers' record in Holland uh, isn't Overly great. Uh, we were over there just before the the, the, the collapse in 2012 with Bruno each with PSV. I think the previous time we were over there was uh, against against Feyenoord and we lost 3-2. And that was a sort of one of those nights when we, Rangers could have actually got through that night. Uh, that I think the last time I remember Rangers doing anything over there was against PSV when George Albert scored when Dick Advocate, ironically enough, was, was the manager. So what's your thoughts for Thursday? Do you think Rangers have a chance? They, they, they have a chance. They will have to... They will have to be a lot tighter than they were today. Um, and I think, you know, I think it might suit Rangers. It surprised me how easily Rangers have adapted to actually playing a certain system or a, in a certain way in terms of European football. I mean, for Rangers to actually qualify for the Europa League in successive seasons is, is an achievement in itself. The fact that they're now holding their own in a group that in other years could actually you know, be reflective of a, a, a group in the, the Champions League is... It's quite amazing as well. I still think, I go back to the point that Steven Gerrard made when the draw was actually made and Rangers knew who they were going to play in this group, that this could go to the very last kick of the uh, the ball and the very last tie. Um, I think that Rangers are capable of getting a result, whether they're capable of winning in, uh, against Feyenoord, who will be fired up because of Advocat and, and goodness knows all what. It's going to be very, very hard. Um, I, I still think that the the ace up Rangers sleeve is the fact that the last tie um, in the, the group stages is at home against young boys. But I will hark back to, as they now say, uh, game day number two 
and that loss against Young Boys, which for the life of me, I you know I, I still struggle to believe that Rangers actually lost that game, and I sincerely hope that it's not a result that comes back and bites Rangers on the backside over the next 180 minutes because that was a game they should have taken something from. And had they done that, they they really would have been home and hosed by now. Yeah, that was a really frustrating one that night. I, I, I mean, especially the way it came about, you know, two really silly errors and one in the last minute. And, and, and also, I mean, I know Tav took a lot of stick that night, but I also think... Rangers overall needed to look at themselves. The game was there for the taking, and, and they they just didn't they just didn't seize the opportunity. You know what I mean? They they just seemed a wee bit timid at times when there was a real real chance to to to, to get the three points. And as you say, Stuart, would have been home and home and hose been out. What worries me about this 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 game? Uh, sorry, Colin, uh, going you know get into this match is that there are almost like parallels with that, that game against Young Boys because it, it well, oh, that was that was Rangers' first away game and they, okay, they played well against Porto but this time around, this is almost like a, if you like, a knockout match in some respects. It's like there, there is so much riding in this one. It's almost, I know it is a cup tie but it's almost like a cup tie where you need to get a result in this game. If you lose it, it, it it's going to be so difficult for you then to, to, to qualify if they win it, well, job done. But I, I do think Rangers have to take something from this game and then leave themselves with the, 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 the final tie at home against Young Boys to actually you know complete the job. I still think they can qualify. I just think that it might be more difficult than some people are actually you know thinking it might be. John, uh, Feyenoord drew one each yesterday and, you know, obviously they've had the, the issues earlier on in the season. They're now under the cadre cut. When, when they arrived at Ibrox earlier on in the season, they were under Yapstam. That seemed to be a bit of a disastrous arrangement. Uh, they got they got thumped off Ajax 4-0. That was a turning point. Stam resigned. Dick Advocates and Now, obviously, we know Dick Advocate and he, he is. He's, a, he's a, an excellent coach. I, I think the sort of that 2001 season, uh, sorry, 99-2000 when he brought in Moles and, you know, that, that season, some of the football we played was, was I, I think it's probably the best football I've seen at Ibrox. That said though, I, I, I feel sometimes games away from home in Europe suit Rangers, you know, they can sit in, hit on the counter and we kind of showed that against Porto, you know, I, 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 I know that the result against Young Boys was frustrating and disappointing, but I also look at that portal game and think, you know what, we, we could have won that as well. So if the, I, I think if the Rangers that turned up against Porto uh, over there turns up on Thursday night, you know, I think we, we're, we're a team that can sit in and we have the players there that can counter-attack quite quickly. And I, I hear what, what Stuart's saying, it, it could be a tricky night, but I, I genuinely think Rangers have got a chance of qualifying on Thursday. Oh yeah, I agree entirely. We've, we've definitely got a chance. I mean, it's been interesting in Europe. I would include last season as well. Um, our away form in Europe, it's we're not been getting the results, but we've, we've, we have been getting performances. Um, and you know, that's one of the most pleasing aspects, I think, of of Europa League last season and again this season is that you know we've we've gone toe to toe. The young boys' result was frustrating. Um, 
the result in Porto, as you said, you know, we could have won that match. But the fact is that we're going to these places and we're giving these teams a game. And I actually, I think actually you did this, if you don't mind me saying, Colin, you did us a wee bit of a disservice because I don't actually think we are sitting in. I think we're actually coming out and, and playing football. And, and, and in both of those games, there were periods of those games where we were dominating it. You know, where we were keeping the ball, uh, dictating the, the, the pace of the game, as opposed to absorbing wave upon wave upon wave of attack. Um, I don't actually think we're good enough defensively. It's, it's not a, a Walter Smith, Katanicha Rangers. It's a, it's, a, it's a Rangers team that has to go out and, and this is a Rangers team that wants the ball and, and wants to play their own game. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I quite admire that. And it's it's lovely to watch at times, terrifying other times, but but it is lovely to watch at times, and it's been quite heartening. Um, Rotterdam uh, and Feyenoord, they've got a pretty big ground. They've got a vociferous home support. Um, you know, fairly um, fairly vocal. Um, fairly hostile from everything I, I read. Um, you're right; their, their form has improved. Um, you know, I was looking at the, the Dutch league earlier before coming on, and you know they drew, like you said, at the weekend, and they didn't draw against anybody particularly good. That's another kind of mid-table team they drew against, but they've won the two games before that. So, you know, we know ourselves. Advocate will come in. He's a disciplinarian. He is very well organised. Um, you know, Feyenoord, I thought against us had some good players. You know, and, and, you know, with a bit of luck, things could have gone differently for them. Um, I thought we were the better team. But, you know, I've seen us, I've seen us play European games where we've been the better team and we've lost. Uh, so, you know, I think we go into this game with, with an absolutely, with a chance. I think we go into this game with a bit of confidence. Um, I think that is one of the things that Gerard and, and McAllister have probably brought is this, um, they, they've given the players the confidence to go out. And I mean, I think the phrase they use in football is express yourself. And I think basically that means, you know, have the confidence to take the ball in, to make the pass, to beat a man, you know, try and do something. Don't panic. You know, go out there and, and try and do it. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I've enjoyed our European football. Um, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be another test. But um, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I think we do have a chance. Uh, you know, if we didn't win, it wouldn't come as a massive surprise. It would be a disappointment, but it wouldn't come as a massive surprise. Uh, we get another bite at the cherry at home. Um, but if we did win, it also wouldn't come as a massive surprise. Uh, and it would certainly give us a lift going into December. Sure. Uh, I mean, if, if Feyenoord win and Porto win, then we go into match day six with every club on seven points, I believe. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, I think Jock, Jock Wallace would say that would be a day for fixed bayonets. You know, it's, it's tighter than two coats of paint if that's the situation, isn't it? You yeah, know what I mean? It it's, is. It is. Jock Wallace and Kojak in one podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Rogers and Dusty Bin as well. I'm not categorised as a social commentator as well for, for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, I, I, I think... You know, and this might this might sound slightly bizarre. Rangers' performances in Europe away from home, it's almost over the last couple of seasons you have become accustomed to them actually performing rather well. I, I mean, today against Hamilton Ackies, I would say is probably what I would categorise as the norm for Rangers that they don't make it easy for themselves and sometimes they, they toil and sometimes they struggle but they manage to grind out a win I think actually in, on, a, on a European stage and it has been for the last couple of seasons I think Rangers have actually adapted themselves um, 
you know, quite quite easily to the, how European football is played. That you give the you know you can give the opposition the ball in their own half, let them play, defend in your own half, and then hit, hit quickly in the break. Um, and and the point that John made about actually if if you if you break down the games that Rangers have actually played this this season in particular, there are there are spells where Rangers have been have been dominant for 15, 20, 25 minutes. I mean, a game against um, against Young Boys, Rangers had a fantastic first half and should have been further ahead, which I think actually, you know, only adds to the frustration of the end, the end result. So, yeah, Rangers are capable of, of, of getting a result. I still think that it's going to come down to the last game against Young Boys. And by that stage, you'll know exactly what you have to do over 90 minutes and... The fact is that Ibrox will, you know, can only benefit Rangers. Feyenoord, um, in terms of being at home this week, um, you're right enough. I mean, it's it's a you know, it's a hell of a um, intimidating you know stadium. It's a, it's, it's comparable in size to to Ibrox, and you will know the the atmosphere that can be generated inside Ibrox. So expect the same when um, if, if you're there on Thursday night. Yeah, I think it's a valid point actually about the, you know, the, the atmosphere on Thursday night because that's something that didn't exist at Porto. You know, their fans didn't really didn't really turn up that night in in, in numbers and in terms of uh, vocally supporting their team. So that that could be that could be key. But I'd, I'm always hopeful going into these things. So hopefully we'll get the result. Hopefully we'll get the three points and we'll be through to the knockout stages of European football for the first time in a long, long time. Right, guys, just quickly, I'm, I'm conscious of time now. We're in the sort of last two or three minutes. So just a couple of things that are coming up through the week. Sure, I'll come to you first. The, the, the AGM is on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, the, the club published their annual accounts a couple of weeks back there, and David King announced that he would have to, have to pump more money in between now and the end of the season. There's some stuff kicking about on social media tonight that there's big news coming in terms of income and finance, and there's even a wee rumour that the club's maybe been sold. Uh, have, have, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, and I heard the same last August as well. So, <laughs> and the, same, the, the, same, the same suspects were involved um, a, a year ago, and nothing came of it in terms of either the sale of the club or in terms of the, the squillions that were going to get invested in the club. We'll, we'll wait and see. Put it this way, the AGMs are not as um, entertaining from someone who has to cover them as a, a, a neutral um, from the days when Rangers built their two-man bivouac in the in the uh, on the pitch to house something like a, a scout jamboree yeah. um, it's, it's slightly more upmarket these days and 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 we wait and see the figures in terms i have to say the figures in terms of what rangers have spent and all the rest of it you you would have to be a complete and utter dunce when it comes to business not to realise that Rangers would have to take money from somewhere to bring in the players and run the club uh, or the the playing squad the way they have done uh, in the last you know the, since the, since the summer, uh, the fact that Rangers um, you know posted a loss, I think that is entirely natural. The fact that they're managing it is is I would say uh, more acceptable and palatable than it was a couple of years back. But again, if you've got any ambitions of winning anything in football. 
I don't know too many clubs that work, um, you know, in the in the black. If you're actually the one that's doing the chasing rather than the the, the team that's actually at the top. Uh, John, I'll finish off with you. Just a quick mention of the the game next week as well, the the Hearts game on Sunday, the 1st of December. First game, as we discussed earlier on the pod, and a a heavy, heavy month uh, for Rangers. And it's the week before the cup final. We're coming off the back of the the final game. We obviously struggled against Hearts at Tynecastle earlier on the season. We, we, We dropped two points out there. Given where we are and given the month that's, you know, coming in terms of fixtures, how vital is it to get three points against Hearts on Sunday? Well, it's essential we get three points. Uh, my, my only concern for the Hearts game is that they've got a new manager in place and they're all playing out their skins to impress the new manager. Uh, if they don't, I think it'll be quite comfortable. Hearts are having a shopping season. They're in terrible form. Um, and I, I wouldn't be concerned about playing them at home. Uh, game at Tynecastle is, is always a bit harder, but uh, I wouldn't be concerned about playing them at home. Um, but the, that's my only concern is that they, 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 you know, this week appoint a manager and I'm, I'm amazed they haven't appointed one before now um, I thought that would have happened over the last couple of weeks but uh, they may have a new manager in and, and you know you get that what is it the new manager bounce they yeah, call it bounce back ability is that what they call yeah, it yeah. so, that would be my only concern because uh, other than that Hearts uh, are in terrible form having a terrible season um, they don't look very good um, they've got Naismith back and um, I know he's not everybody's favourite player, but he's still an effective player. I thought you saw that for Scotland um, through the week. Um, you know, he's still a guy who, 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 he will improve most teams that he goes into. He certainly improved the Hearts team, but um, no, I, I, I would even even with a difficult European match, um, I, I would still be fairly confident in that Hearts game um, next Sunday. What about yourself, Stuart? Think Rangers will get a result next week. Well, I, I, f- the points that, that John has made and that you've made yourself, yeah, if they appoint a manager, they might get a, a you know, the, the new man bounce, so to speak. But the fact of the matter is that I don't think Hearts are going to be suddenly cured of all their ills uh, in the space of 90 minutes just because they've got a new manager. Um, you know, they, they weren't very good against Kilmarnock yesterday. If you go back to the semi-final, they were pretty dire in the semi-final. And I I wouldn't be losing too much sleep with the fact, maybe if it was at Tynecastle, um, I think less so um, that it's at Ibrox. And again, in all of these things, it's it's about how Rangers perform rather than how the opposition are going to perform. I think, I think Rangers have to be of a mindset that we are capable of winning games and worry about your own performance rather than about anything the opposition might be capable of doing. Well, my issue is, you know, given the run of fixtures that, that are coming up in December, you know, without being sort of disrespectful to Hearts in any way, that's a game I feel we need to win, you know, because there's every chance that we're going to take dunts further along in, into December because it's going to be a, 
a tricky month. So when when you're getting games like that at home, I, I think you've you've got to take all three points. Uh, but guys, that's us now. So that's it. That's it for this week's Jersnet Weekly Podcast. A big thanks to Stuart and John for their contributions. Excellent stuff from them. Uh, we'll be back next week. Obviously, big game on Thursday night. Final. Uh, we might be through to the, the the knockout stages of the Europa League. We never know. We'll discuss that. And we'll also look at the Hearts game and, and anything that's come out of the AGM. In the meantime, get yourself on uh, Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. And until the next time, bye for now.